0: I probably should have. Should
1: I cut my shoes? Next time, maybe I'll bring my slippers, Some slippers or something. Like slippers. Have, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could leave them there. Oh my god! Imagine <laughs> if we had pajamas just <laughs> at your house. Oh my god, I'd love to <laughs> do this set of pajamas.
0: I'm Beth. I'm Rachero, and I'm Noni. An Welcome back to Everything Is Content, the podcast where every week we do a deep dive into pop culture, hot takes, and weigh in with our opinions and get our hands dirty rummaging around in the discourse.
1: This week, we'll be taking a look at Beyonce's renaissance and something on TikTok that kind of worried us.
2: Thank you to everyone who got in touch after our first episode last week. And if you do want to chat to us, you can follow us on Instagram at everythingiscontentpod.
1: So what have we been loving this week?
2: I have been loving. I know this kind of isn't news, but Maya Jammer and Stormzy, I'm yes. just really enjoying seeing them together. And they were at the British Fashion Council. Is it an award or is it just a ceremony? I
1: Never think heard it's of an it award, right? Is it an award? What are they
2: awarding? Dresses? I guess British fashion. Fashion. It's, I love seeing everyone's outfits. Like everyone really kind of goes quite avant-garde. It's always amazing. But they look stunning. And I just, every time I see them together, it does feel like something is, you know, the world's kind of. Nature's healing,
1: mm, and I love a reunion couple. You know when Ben Affleck and J Lo got back together. There's something very much like, ah, love comes together again. The world is good when you see it happen. You know, especially when it's
2: been a long amount of time. I think that's when you're like, oh, okay, they actually are meant to be together because they were broken up for how long? Like four years. I just she that was really engaged to someone oh else God. in that time. And also, she yeah. got away with kind of not got away with. She absolutely <laughs> should have been able to, but like, she got engaged, got unengaged.
0: There was not really any like. Backlash. but It was just kind of like, oh, no longer engaged. It was very quiet. Yeah. yeah, She sort of went, and now I'm back with my man. (laughs) So what was she wearing on Monday night? My drama. She had three looks. She had a white
2: look, a red look and a black look. The white look was my favorite. It was like kind of corseted and then like chiffon and drapey. But I just think she... Is one of those people that she's just getting higher and higher and higher. And when we're older, I feel like she's just going to be. I mean, she already is iconic. But I'm mean, going to see where she goes because she's already kind of transcending heights that other British presenters like. How old really is she? She's before. definitely younger than me. I think just twenty-eight. Might be younger than- I love seeing her when she's off in a little Jack cling, cling, motherfucker. And then she's like <laughs> staying in these like, amazing <laughs> hotels. Did you see her when she went and stayed in the the one in Dubai? And it was like no. Homel- Did you not see this? No, she was I didn't it, see. it was massive. It was like. The Her room was a whole hotel and she was like sliding on the banner. So she was like dancing. She was there on her own. And it was, I don't know, there's something about, there's some people that enjoy wealth in a way that you, you want to buy into it and enjoy it with them. Other mm. people, you're like, uh,
0: you're so like showy with her. I'm like, I want to see the jet. I want to see the hotel. She's fun. She seems to have fun. Like she throws her Halloween party yeah. and she yes. seems to actually enjoy things. Like may she prosper. Yes. yes.
2: My I job supremacy. <laughs> and what about you guys? What have you been enjoying?
1: Have you guys read... This piece on Vulture about Timothy Charlemagne and is he a heartthrob anymore? I'm obsessed. Tell us. Okay, so it's by this journalist called Alison P. Davis, and it's basically this idea of, you know, Timothy Charlemagne was the internet's boyfriend. Everyone loved him in Ladybird. He was the guy that everyone wanted to fuck at one point. Is he fuckable now he's playing Wonka? I was just obsessed with this article, which basically propositioned the idea that he's lost all kind of fuckability for when want of a better word. When was he fuckable? I, I would love to, to know this because I feel like
0: he's looked 16 years old since he was 16 years old.
1: That's true but I'm sorry you can't argue he is the internet's boyfriend he just is. I'm glad
2: you said that Beth because out of everyone I've ever met I'm the only one that's kind of in your camp where it's like I kind of understand where there could be a bit of, he could rustle up a little sparkle in me if I met him at a bar and he kind of gave me a wink. But beyond that, there is <laughs> nothing, nothing else. Not, he's not stirred
0: anything in me. <laughs> I mean, I do always think of that picture of him on the yacht with um, Lily Rose <gasps> Lily Deb, Rose Depp. And oh. I do feel sad for them that this moment was exposed because they were having a horny moment together, like full mouth, open, snogging. And I just thought, that little boy's not for me. He's just too, he's too skinny. I think I'd break him in half. He's a little man. And I quite, I mean, I often date quite a lot older, like problematically older. So he just <laughs> never, he was never going to be for me. Stepson perhaps, but.
1: Do you really not get the charm at all? Like no. even in Ladybird when he's kind of, they talk about this in the piece, but it's kind of this idea of like the perfect He's never gonna like you, which makes you long for him even more. Little
0: Woman, maybe I got yes, there. Like also that, that earnest sort of "I love you, I love you, whatever." Yes, that I get more. Okay, but Ladybird, no. I, I still
2: feel like even though there's that thing where, and I do see it more in Little Women, but I think that I'm still seeing him as if I'm watching over like an older person watching teenagers. So I'm like, that's cute for them. But it's like, Thank this doesn't that. concern me. I this do too. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't feel involved. But it, it, back to the, the wonker bit, it is interesting because obviously the first wonker was G- Gene Wilder. Is that his name? Gene yeah. Wilder. And he was like an older man. I don't know, actually, because people people back in the day looked so old. He could have actually not been that old. He could have been 15 years old. And then it was Johnny Depp. And now he's so, like, I wonder what the shift was to pick someone. Like,
1: how old is he supposed to be? So this is a prequel. It's Wonka. So it's basically how he became the Willy Wonka of the prior films. But can I just read you one line from this piece, just because I'm obsessed? Is Charlemagne enough of a sex symbol to engage in earnest singing, dancing and candy making and continue making loins throb? (laughs) why am i not getting it as in why are you not getting why his throb loining
0: (laughs) loin loin throbbing throbbing, but also is a loin a real thing quickly loin cloth covers a private okay so it just means the whole area i think is throbbing which does happen with so many celebrities for me but it's absolutely not him never once in my life i would i would have to reflect if that happened i do think he looks very young okay now i feel judged okay (laughs) No, you look young too, so it makes sense. Um, He's not for me. I get it, whatever. Let's watch the film and make our own decisions. It is out today in cinemas. Okay, so we've got a few weeks till Christmas. How are you both dealing with the um, associated stresses, pressures, pains?
1: Everyone's just busy all the time. I feel like I can't see any of my friends and vice versa. We've got like polls we've got dates flinging across whatsapp groups we're all busy all the time it's crazy
2: my i have my first christmas dinner this evening and then it's kind of like flat out for the rest of the month
0: do you ever lie to your friends and say well i'm busy on that because i have to mark out time when I can't talk to my friends, I don't want to speak, I don't want to see anyone, but because I'm being invited to places, I have had to lie.
2: I have to say, I actually do want to go. I love, <laughs> oh, I you love, your friends. I so. love, I love, no, I agree with you though, because I do have to have my time out. Weirdly, what's happening minute is, I seem to not have like that much on the weekends. It's like every weeknight, I've got like a dinner. So I've got Saturday, I'm tomorrow I've actually got nothing on. So I'm like using that as my recoup and rest- restoration day. Yeah. I'm doing it like back to front. Because it seemed, because like you said, Rachera, we've all got polls and everything. And Evans like, when are you free? Mm. I did a kind of quiet a bit before this, because I knew this was coming. What I always end up doing is I got from summer and then I just kind of go straight mm-hmm. through to Christmas. So I actually haven't been going out as much. And I in in the, the knowledge that from now, this point of December,
0: it's going to be a home run. But do you know what it is? I, and none of us here have children. Watching my friends and, and family with children is a whole nother level <gasps> of stress. Because really? My yeah, my cousins have got um, young children. I've got a lot of cousins. They've got a lot of young children and they are excellent. Like they're great parents. They wake up, full-time jobs, wake up 5 a.m. earlier to do some kind of elf on the shelf nonsense. And it it is something else. And I realized I've got nothing to complain about because that is a full-time job managing that fucking elf. Okay, right?
1: question. What is Elf on a Shelf? I'm going to play the immigrant card here. I don't know a lot of Christmas shit because I didn't really celebrate it. What the fuck is Elf on a Shelf? It didn't exist when we were younger, absolutely for sure. There was a
2: children's book that came out in 2005 called The Elf on the Shelf. But I don't think that The Elf on the Shelf, it's basically like a toy that's an elf. And in the book, I think the elf kind of destroys things. So people have buy this toy elf and then they put it in the house doing different things. And every night in the lead up to Christmas, parents will like have it like put loads of toilet roll in the bathroom and have that elf sat okay. on the shelf but it's people get so inventive with it and it's quite competitive if you follow like different mum mummy bloggers or like just even family they it's because it's been around now for a few years it's become such a big thing that people have like a few elves on the shelf and then they'll have like they'll put like poor flour on that. like it's really
0: become quite performative have you seen and that like, little boy where they draw on his face and he wakes up and he's fuming at that elf no. and he goes well, go fucking school so score. his parents <laughs> did that yeah no, no, you're sure the elf did that <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry 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 <laughs> and See, they, they just don't get it they, do, they actually do like real chaos on yeah. their children i think it's maybe a little bit of a get back of like how annoying children are they go the elf did it but have you seen the one as well when they put someone paid the grinch to come into 85 pound grinch yeah this
2: Wait, feels- have you seen too no, oh we, we need to show and you. i know oh this God. is a
0: scottish family as a scott i <laughs> can say this they paid this grinch 85 pounds to come around and do like, I think what the parent expected was, it would come around, be a little bit naughty, wrecks, it wrecks Wreck the, the house, house. It, they pour, like washing up liquid <laughs> all over the floor wreck the, smash tree, the tree smash stuff up the like kids a are catcher. loving it who's there for
1: business oh, as a big but it went so it went <laughs> so viral people <laughs> are still doing it and people are filming
2: it and genuinely grown men dressed as Grinches are breaking into houses <laughs> and smashing up
1: people's homes it's so, people are, it's so funny but it's like I would that's my worst nightmare guys I've got a job pivot literally from tomorrow I'm going to be a Grinch <laughs> know.
0: please do because I do think it will pay me far better than any journalism I've done this year <laughs> But I 85 think it,
1: quid do anything. it's so
2: much like it's adding up so much. So there's also this Christmas Eve box, which I have found out about, which apparently is actually a scandy thing, which is way nicer in its origin, which is where you get given a set of pyjamas and a book on Christmas Eve. Oh, so you I wear like your pyjamas and you read, which is actually really My lovely. My housemate is
0: doing this with her boyfriend.
2: But now yeah. it's turned into like children getting Christmas Eve boxes. So you get a Christmas Eve box, then a stocking, then your presents. And it's like, how much stuff do we need to be layering onto this thing, which I don't know, well, so actually funny enough, I was listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with um, Rob and Josh, Rob Rob Beckett and Josh First name terms only. (laughs) And they were saying how there's like some parents nowadays, because I thought about being like this and then I've realized I'm screwed, are just going, you know what, Christmas isn't real. We're just going to explain to our kids that Santa isn't real. And they were like, if you do this, you are ruining all of the other parents' lives because that child's just going around and then you have to like reconvince them. But it is so weird that we all buy into Christmas because I don't think it's necessarily a good a good thing i don't know no what do we think? all
0: do, i mean i end every december like i say frazzled but i also end it having spent too much money and I, I, as a family of just adults my immediate family is just adults this year we got together and we we're like what are we doing we're spending too much money we are stressed. we're not enjoying it how about we spend half the amount of money how about we don't buy each other loads of shit and we do this instead we don't we don't actually have to buy into any of this mm. it felt Like, freedom. That's amazing
1: that you had that conversation. That's really... Yeah, that's really interesting. As somebody who never really celebrated for most of my life, coming into it now as an adult and getting into the spending and stuff like that, I have, I think, the complete opposite where I'm getting to kind of decide the rules as I go, but it's quite weird. Yeah, I don't... What is
0: your, like, ideal way to spend Christmas? Not that you necessarily will be able to do that because we have to take in, you know, other people's. Mm.
1: I feel like just the classic, like, being around family and friends and just having a big meal. I think... I don't know. I don't really know. What do your and then family... the
0: £85 Grinch comes in
1: and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh my up. God, Beth, yes. <laughs> Thank Which you.
0: say no more? I've got it sorted.
1: <laughs> oh my God, you read my soul. Thank you.
2: <laughs> what do your family do around Christmas time? Is there anything?
1: Um. So we used to go away. We used to go away to India and visit family. But So it would be the kind of thing where even on Christmas Day, we might be on an airplane. Yeah.
2: And just, because I would forget. Because it's, it's cheap, isn't it? To buy flights yes. on Christmas Day. It's actually great time yeah. to go away.
1: Yeah, whereas nowadays I kind of spend it with my boyfriend and yeah it's kind of entering his his family traditions and things like that and I get the very classic Christmas now which is weird it's weird but nice
2: would you have Christmas if you had children in the future would you do Christmas
1: I think so I think so it's nice just to have a day to do something yeah with traditions
2: yeah that's true
1: how do you spend it
2: well, quite stressfully normally at my parents, I tried to get out of it this year like really told off and they were like, you have to come home. So I'm going home on Christmas Eve, but it's just like, it just ends up being so stressful because my mum wants to be so perfect. Like she starts tidying the house in like August, she's like, I'm tidying the house for Christmas. And then it's like the cooking and everything kind of like, someone wakes up late, then we drink too much champagne, then someone's a bit drunk and then the, something burns. We ha- end up having oh, no. Christmas dinner at like 8pm and by that point, none of us to <laughs> each other. Oh, no. So I do a weekly thing on my Instagram called Let's Talk About where my audience send in topics they want to talk about and last week it was about the stress of christmas and it was just this really long thread about how basically everyone finds christmas very overwhelming because i revert back being 14 me and my middle
0: sister emily have the worst fights you've ever seen, always, every single time. I'm exactly the same. I revert, I regress is the word. Like I do honestly want to hit my <laughs> siblings and bite them. And you go, what on <laughs> earth is going on? Like I have, take, I have to take a lap. I get like stoppy
2: like you would as a child. Like, I feel like I'm gonna have a tantrum sometimes and I'll never be like that. But like something goes wrong and I'm like, <laughs>
1: yeah slamming doors running away to your room being like no one understands me and it also is. you can't you have to be
2: involved the whole time that's the thing i'm used to like being able to get away and like have space for myself but when you're at home for christmas you kind of can't just take yourself a to room because that's rude so then i might my, my battery just gets lower and lower and lower and i just i just it can't is. i bothered. think we should
0: just be fairer to ourselves and each other and just go like everyone has a social battery like we are allowed to have yes. off. it doesn't have to be the perfect picture perfect christmas we just have to be yeah vaguely in the same house and on speaking terms
1: Guys, there's something I really want to talk about. So Beyonce's concert movie, Renaissance, premiered in London last week. Angelica Jade Bastien wrote a piece for Vulture about the movie. Have you guys seen it?
2: No, but I heard it when I went to the cinema last week to watch Saltburn and they were playing Beyonce really loudly and me and my friend Poppy were like, what is going on? And then she was like, oh the Beyonce movie is playing oh
1: my god so this piece looks at Beyonce's aesthetic might but it also brings up the questions about her supposed neutrality and vagueness on global political issues Angelica said this amazing thing in it she said quote more than anything Renaissance is a testament that Beyonce is a brand that stands for absolutely nothing beyond its own greatness what do you think of that quote wow what so is the is the film
0: literally just the film of the tour? Well, I've not, I've not seen it, but I think it's not just concert footage. I think it's lead up to. I yep. think it's because it's one off the back of her. She did this obviously huge Coachella performance um, a few years ago. It's her having knee surgery. It's her right. building towards this absolutely enormous spectacle. So I think it is everything, and then it's concert footage. It's behind the scenes. So I think it is. Uh, it, it's like a real uh, overview of of everything. She obviously had Homecoming that came out on Netflix in two thousand and nineteen. Is
2: it a similar? idea
1: yeah so I think it's a follow-on from basically her prior films in the piece Angelica does an amazing job of talking about how Beyonce kind of utilizes this idea that she's revolutionary she's political as part of her image but then when it comes down to it she's showcasing her films in Israel and has never commented on what's going on right now exactly and also will perform
0: in Dubai Abu Dhabi she will go where the money is um and the, and what angela asked in this piece which is excellent i think it's a beautiful and brilliant piece of of seer and critique is who are you do your politics really align with what you position yourself as it's asking questions and it's asking for an answer from you know the beyonce machine yeah
2: I, one thing I will ask, I wonder because I don't know, how much control do Taylor and Beyonce have over the like dissemination of their films? Like how many, how far removed are they? Because obviously performing, I think is one thing which yeah you can probably directly say, but I wonder whether or not film, I don't know how rights
0: work. I don't know how much they own of it. So it's it. hard to know exactly who makes the decisions. I know that AMC is the distributor of this. So I don't know what Beyonce's role is in deciding whether this can be played Mm -hmm. in Tel Aviv or whether it can be pulled so it's a thorny issue and I can't comment on that.
1: Yeah it's definitely really thorny and I think this piece I think was fairly measured and like quite a good piece of criticism but there was one aspect which people to be honest I think rightly enough pointed out she talks about Beyonce's Uncle Johnny and you know what a big role he had in picking outfits for Destiny's Child but Uncle Johnny as many will know was diagnosed with HIV and passed away
0: due to complications with AIDS. Yeah,
1: exactly. And Angelica makes, makes a point in the piece that Beyonce in not talking about her uncle very much or the fact that he, you know, had, um, had medical issues and what they were specifically in the film. She's shying away from that. And I think that is a really big statement to make about somebody. And I don't know if she can make that statement.
0: No. And that's the only measured really measured criticism i've seen of it's that point in particular because that's someone's mourning and that's how someone grieves and that's how someone celebrates Mm. someone i mean it's a celebration the renaissance tour was a celebration it was a celebration of queer artistry black queer artistry Mm. a very particular moment in time that she didn't want to include the end of a person's life Mm. and and how that happened i think that's
2: i do i do know what you mean but it does it makes things feel intentional it makes it feel like she's trying not to be political or she's trying not to comment because I do agree it's a personal thing and why wouldn't why no one you don't owe anyone anything I wonder if she comes from a school of thought where she feels like I do think we're in a weird place like even with the conversation we had around saltburn where everyone wants everyone to be everything and Beyonce is a superstar she's a performer she's an artist and and I understand the want for her to be political but I feel like it's a very active choice that she's taken to kind of not she lets her music speak I reckon that's her Mo is like my art is my my voice.
1: I agree. I agree to a degree, but as the piece kind of makes out, I think she really leans into being kind of this political voice of a generation. She opens up Renaissance with this quote that's like, you know, we've all gone through trauma. This is not verbatim, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's like this is a healing space for all of us. And as Angelica rightly puts, she never really clarifies what point she's making, what trauma that is exactly. And I think these kind of vague comments, as Angelica says, is like being a little bit political, dipping your toe in, being like, I am I am gonna say that I'm creating a space for trauma, but I'm not also going to talk about any of the actual trauma that's happening in the world.
0: Yeah, it is very, it's vagaries. And I think as more and more famous, powerful people only talk in vagaries, it stands to critics and it stands to us to say, but what precisely do you mean hmm. be specific tell us what you mean tell us what trauma what shared trauma what are you talking about so that we can understand better because otherwise it is i do just it's kind of poaching from the these words and saying well i'm i'm standing in liberation in liberation from what um Beyonce is a millionaire a billionaire sorry so she is aligned with the highest of powers she's a, a successful black woman but she's a capitalist at the same time Mm. and I think Mm. someone has to say it and they have to say it very plainly do
1: do you think it's because
2: she's so as you say she's so wealthy she's like in the upper upper echelons of society Mm -hmm. like she's she's gone past like normies she has yeah (laughs) like other godly rich do you think she's probably so in- incubated is the wrong word. Insulated. Insulated. <laughs> incubated. It's just a little trick um, by PR teams, by power, by management, by agencies that people. She might write a statement, and then someone goes, "Let's pull this out. Let's pull that out. Let's take this out." And obviously, she has the agency to say no. But I wonder if it's that thing of trying not to offend people because, as you say, she's a capitalist. She still wants those people on the red belt business. listening to her I- music I agree or whatever. Completely. And then, do you think it becomes
0: so stripped? that actually it kind of offends everyone because it's like, who are you speaking I think it's for? so stripped that it stands for, as, as stands for nothing. it stands for nothing. I think in the piece, she talks about this fake intimacy that we have with yes. mega famous people. We don't know them. They position them, themselves as our friends um, in a way to, of course, separate us from our money. And what she's done in the, from what I've seen of the film is to, she. You you kind of see her mothering, you see her thought process. It is to position a kind of fake intimacy um, and it's very effective. But they aren't our friends.
1: Can we talk about also the celebrity documentary industry that's like popping off right now I feel like the fact that they're inviting us in quote-unquote into their homes gives us the idea that we're best friends with them you know the Beckhams Robbie Williams Taylor Swift all Colleen Rooney yes Mm -hmm. it's been going on for a while but I feel like this year it's been going Mm. off on a different level and I think it's really interesting that a lot of them are being made by them, yeah,
0: it's image control, isn't it? And I'm really sucked in by. It. I watched the Robbie Williams, and I didn't question a lot of it. I I need to finish. I started watching it
2: the other day, and but I was just thinking. Obviously, there was also Lewis Capaldi. Like I remember sitting down with my family and watching the Taylor Swift one, whenever that was. That too, beginning of 2010. I feel like it was a
1: longer time it was a ago. Long time Miss ago, Americana. It was
2: such a big thing, and it was amazing. And I felt like that was kind of the beginning. And then I remember they started coming out, and now like I watch the Beckhams, but. What's interesting is like celebrity documentaries were always, I always want to say post-hummus, posthumously.
1: <laughs> post like, normally
2: you would get like the Beatles documentary or something. It would always kind of be like a bit like an autobiography. You'd get it once that person had lived their life. But
0: then it would be warped and all because it was after yeah, they died. Or I guess it also
2: could be slightly warped by the person who's writing it. But it's interesting that we're finding out from these people in the mo- it's something quite strange to it yeah and also how many I have to say I'm getting a bit fatigued by it like yeah. when I even I know everyone's saying the Robbie Williams one is amazing I just watched the Beckham's one and when I
0: heard it was coming out I was a bit like oh, okay right another so, one yeah yeah I, I mean I feel one. exactly the same and I do I always think of it what's the business angle like what are you going to try and sell me next mm. I think they're trying to sell their image as exactly as they like it the same as with the autobiography, I will watch it and I will watch Beyonce's because I do think she is unmatched. I think everything about her as a performer is true. She is the best to do it. I'm fascinated by a person who is excellent. She is excellent but we mustn't consider her our friend. We can't consider her above critique and when someone like Angelica writes a piece like this and Mm -hmm. receives, she's been doxxed, she's been harassed online by Beyonce's fan base, that's when I think we do have to have a discussion. We can leave Beyonce out of it and say the way that we engage with criticism Mm. we've lost the plot
1: yeah that's no I think that's such an amazing point and I think all of this ties together the fact that celebrities are doing their own documentaries the fact their fan bases hurl abuse Mm. at people who are offering criticism the fact that journalists find it really difficult to get time with these people I think celebrities don't want any kind of, you know, bad press or any kind of authentic representation of what they're doing. They can control the narrative because they get production companies to do and say what they want in these documentaries. And when a journalist does get some criticism out there, they get doxxed and treated horrendously. It's really, really worrying.
2: But I do think... With artists and stuff, I, I am wary of kind of like looking to them. It's but like what we are talking about, Especially for a black woman to say, tell us, you know, and lead like, the way. And being like, I need you to stand up, even though I guess this is the world we live in now. It is, isn't it? Like they, she does have the power and influence and in her saying something maybe would be the, the the change that would like create, affect what we want. I don't know. It's, and- I find it really tricky to know where to stand on it because... Weirdly I do, I feel, I'm like, I feel bad for Beyonce. I, I, well maybe
0: you Beyonce appreciates that. But also yeah. I think there's a point to be made. She has done a really beautiful thing with this. And so many of the comments weren't saying this is a terrible piece. They were saying, but you know what? She has done something revolutionary for me.
1: Mm. In yes. the, I'm a
0: black queer person and I've gone to this concert. I've had this album and I've loved it. And it's made a safe space for me. And that might not be, she's not, uh, you know, upending the yeah. the economics of it, but she is creating something that I feel liberated by.
1: Which is real. That's real. Absolutely. Totally it's very about. important. So
2: maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's that the artists, if you're just going to create your music and then zip it up, then mm. that's fine. But if you're going to start
0: professing and making claims, and doing, then it's like, okay, you can't position yourself then. as a revolutionary. Yeah. And then when people say, go on, tell us where you stand in the revolution. Then it's just you because know PR statements. How mm. does
2: this go? Everyone's like worried about AI AI taking our jobs. But like, what with Robbie Williams doing these documentaries and like Colleen Rooney, and whatever, what happens to actual documentary makers and people that want to like come out if celebrities are just gonna like rehash and revisit their already well-trodden stories and well-documented lives? And I mean it's kind of the same with podcasts as well. You got these huge celebrities coming on as a couple and just talking. It's like, where do all of these new stories, new creatives? It's kind of like the, there's not that much room anymore. The cosmos is filled up by these celebrity I agree stories. Completely actually.
0: And like I think we lose a lot of great journalists, especially and like critics, because we just expect everyone to do everything. We go, You're really good on TikTok, for example. You can have a yeah. podcast. <laughs> and like talking to a lot of friends in the industry, they don't really work. Yeah. You know, you know, we are expect we're stretching people too thin because we want, you know, like all around performers. Yeah. I think it's a cl- I think it's just like
2: a numbers thing, people are like, they do well on this platform, they'll get it. It's everyone's 100%. always trying to get the younger generation. So they're like, whoever's performing well on these platforms, let's get them on the catwalk. But then it's like you don't have these specialist people who are and I do enjoy, I mean, there's so many people that I love watching doing certain things, but it does feel like we're in this weird like rotisserie where everyone's just getting like shuffled, shuffled around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Minavis wrote an amazing piece for New Statesman, I, I believe, about this, where it was like TV companies are planting yes, influences. Basically to front these documentaries and what it leaves you with is this almost like hollow feeling when you're watching something because you're like, well, why is this person leading the subject? I'd rather somebody who's been affected by an issue or has a personal stake in the game share that story because it feels really authentic. The one that
2: sticks out in my mind was the Sam Thompson ADHD documentary, which obviously got a lot of backlash because it was like he was going to find out if he had ADHD and all these people were like, why... Him and I get it because actually he is really charismatic and he is good, but there is a problem with putting the same people doing yeah. every story, you just That's don't get anything new.
1: That's the problem, yeah. A hundred percent nail on the head. It's like this kind of, as you say, just like rotating circle of the same people fron- fronting the documentaries, kind of sharing the same points of view. I think Shantae Joseph made a point mm. about that where she was like, There's so much in terms of racism when it comes to the labeling of ADHD that would have been really interesting to explore. But Sam Thompson can't do that.
2: Yeah,
0: so true.
1: So do we think that's the same with the celebrities doing this? So with the Taylor Swift and Beyonce's Renaissance film, is that is that the same thing?
0: I, I think very possibly. It also feels like it, It's very, everything comes so fresh on the heels of the last thing. Beyonce has just wrapped this tour a couple of months ago or a month ago. And now we've got this incredibly well-produced, yeah. you know, documentary about it. It does feel like it's kind of, everything is what everything is just everything is content but it it's yeah. so quick it's so the cycle of it is so quick i feel exhausted I don't feel like I have time to digest anything. It's just constant. It's so funny He's just said everything is content. I was literally just thinking that what all of this is, is
2: documenting. We've become obsessed with everything. We, nothing is left to just happen. Like what happened to rumors and history and sort of like you had to be there. It's like, don't worry if you weren't there because you can watch it back. There's What's the live stream? Very strange. Everything is being cannibalized and everything we want to recreate, remake, film, there's nothing left that isn't kind of being packaged up. And I do think it's that capitalist thing of like, yeah, we made six hundred million. I don't know how much money they make. On maybe the it's more. But yeah. if we film it and sell it, we can make more. And it's like again, the level of artistry or something about the
0: live, it's it's gone.
1: Oh God. I hope the beehive don't come for us.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, was I supposed to laugh? No, that's gonna be put in, in post. <laughs> This week, I want to talk about an excellent piece that I read from Chloe Laws for Glamour Magazine about quite a sinister and sexist trend of an account on TikTok filming women, young women, in I think predominantly Northern cities, all dressed up for their nights out, Mm -hmm. filming them without their consent and without their knowledge, and then posting them to, I mean, hundreds and thousands of people to essentially direct really vile, vitriolic abuse and commentary about the fact that these women address how they're dressed that they're going out for a night out um
1: oh, God. i don't know if you've
0: seen this i've seen it. it's it been a bit of a phenomenon this week because it was reposted by ian miles chong who's a far-right malaysian blogger uh, journalist he yeah. always comes up on my
2: block blocky 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 X, formerly known as twitter feed and I'm always like, I don't necessarily concentrate. I'll start reading. I'm thinking, what the hell is this? Like no one I follow comes up. It's just him and the suit guy. What's he called?
0: Oh, the, uh, the, 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 the menswear guy. Menswear guy. Derek is sort of like, X loves him. Chaotic good. Whereas, yeah, is Chong, I think vibes. he's at Still Grey on uh, X, for me known Twitter. <laughs> and he just <sighs> reposts stuff for uh, yeah. engagement. Yeah. He's really real a, like, yeah, engagement themed. Yeah, But this, like the caption was, a, a night out in Manchester. Why was it? Why do these women do this to themselves? Yeah, so it was something, something like that. And it felt very personal because I was like, "Those are the Manchester girlies. Like the northern cities, they the girls know how to get dressed up. Yeah. they look they beautiful. Look amazing. Don't they?" Are impervious to the cold leave them alone it's
2: one thing I hate I have to say about living in London is women don't dress up. so when I was in Cardiff when we like some nights we wouldn't but there were nights where you could go out and you could wear your stilettos and you could wear your dress and when I lived at home we got in Bristol you would wear that you would get dressed up in London it's kind of like you almost there's certain events you can do it but there's actually very few and far between situations unless you're going for a really posh meal where people take on the night in that way. Yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like rollers in all day. Yeah.
0: You're wearing the shoes that are like cab shoes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I like love we it don't so do it much. Much. I'm not. Like, I know friends, I'm sure we've all got friends who go to the North for their nights out. Yeah. That's sad. That's an indictment of yeah. London I club agree. culture. I'll say that much. But, and when the women make the effort, if you're there with your phone, like rubbing your hands together, thinking I'm going to make fun of them rather than going, God, oh. what a beautiful world. I get to witness this. You're a piece of shit. That's you're what what it's giving in, Sal. And it say. is. And it's also surveillance culture. So this really, I mean, the piece is wonderful. I think Chloe's an amazing writer and she really nails it. It's misogyny. It is, maybe it's engagement bait as well, because who knows, you know, like what is going to get the internet riled up and engaging. It's a chance to be sexist.
1: Do you know what some of the comments are? I'd be really interested to see if TikTok's any more positive because, you know, I I guess the generalization I did just look on X
0: and I saw Carol Vorderman, which Chloe also writes in her piece. Carol Vorderman, you'll always be famous. I love her. She was like, let's not worry about why the girls are dressed like this let's worry about what like middle-aged men are bothered by this why are you so sexist yes Carol
2: yes it's reminding me of do you remember that women who eat on tubes do you remember that Facebook account there was this Facebook page years ago and it was massive and it was just pictures of women eating on the tube so it would be like women on the northern line at 9.5pm eating a tuna sandwich And the whole
0: thing was just critiquing women out
2: in the wild Mm. as if women are like public property. Whereas men
0: will read a book and you'll go, God, I want to shag him. Or men will hold a baby and they go, God, I want to... Women will have a little tuna and she's in in trouble. Also, what I kind of hate about this is
2: I kind of love those street style videos, which you do see where people look amazing and it's championing fashion. And it's like, God, you look gorgeous. And then the idea of you filming these women, which these men filming these women, I'm sure those women wouldn't touch them with a barge pole first comment. It's kind of like, it's so bad-minded. It's so, it, the, the idea is to embarrass. And it's like, we, the the meanness, I think the coolest part of it all is that women <laughs> live in a society where we're made to feel like we're not good enough. And so we do the fake tan and the hair and the nails and the makeup and the boobs out and the skinny dresses to feel good enough for this mm-hmm. world, which makes us feel like shit. And then we do that and then people laugh at us.
0: Like, it's just, mm. you'll, never, you'll never win. And that's the point. Yeah. They will take aim at you if you, dress down they'll take aim at you if you dress up the point is that they will get their paper clicks and they will get their engagement it's so pathetic and if you watch these videos it's taken from like a really low angle you can tell that <gasps> this is just some freak um on you know just just filming women and, and yeah it's a spectacle if you see women dressed up to the nines and it's snowing outside fair enough go wow they have yeah. endurance don't put it on the daily and the daily mail do this don't put it on yeah. the daily yes, mail I was about to don't say. put it on your tiktok i think this is a a bigger issue of surveillance. And yes. it's my most boomer opinion, but young people need to put down their phones and stop feeling filming strangers in public. I no, hate
1: it. I feel like there's this real trend of just kind of utilizing strangers for content online. And it's fucking disgusting. I feel like where is everyone's morals and ethics when it comes to just filming a stranger just for clickbait or like virality? It's it's insane to me that we've normalized a world where you would think it's okay to video people, strangers, and then they would be online, go viral and have no idea about it. And they have no consent. And obviously this
0: doesn't go if you're out there being racist, sexist, and you are absolutely, you know, that is a way to to throw light on someone who absolutely should be publicly shamed. But it's people having their worst day. Like I've seen autistic meltdowns. I've seen breakups. I've seen people just drunk or, or, you know, inebriated in some way go viral and you go, you've you got your worst day could be fodder for someone else's instagram <gasps>
2: not even that just like what if someone i don't know has an abusive ex-boyfriend and they're going out on the night out and their boyfriend doesn't know they've moved to manchester or whatever it might be i it's so weird to me like you remember that whole thing with the gym videos where there was guys yeah. being like oh, guys yes. looking at me and they were filming and that was like its whole thing whenever i used to film gym videos i was so conscious about not ever getting anyone in the video and i was kind of embarrassed i was filming i'd be in there for hours i'd wait that thing, if someone moved, I'd move away. And that was like a really ingrained thing to me that like I'm filming. So I've got to make sure I'm not getting anyone in there. This has completely changed by like have you seen the girls that like do their videos on the tube? Oh, uh, sorry, in the in the in the underground and they're filming their outfits with like the tube in the background. Have you no, seen this? No, and I they haven't do seen like that. different outfits. And there was one girl where this guy, like, people kept walking in her video and she's like, ah, oh, yes. You yep. wanna get out of the way of my video. And I was like, Ooh, Sorry, uh, the entitlement, uh, you're on the tube, love. Like either get there, at six it's and, like, a public space. Yeah, it's you not a, pl- a space. I did where- that this filming this video is more important or that anyone cares. I mean, I wish I had that level of because I'm mortified even like taking pics in public, I still find it quite embarrassing yeah so the idea that people like us are so online now entitled they believe that like that video them taking that video is more important than someone going about their day-to-day life using public services it's quite crazy i I
1: think it's yeah i think it is such surveillance capitalism where it's like this idea that we're all entitled enough to basically be owned everyone else's existence to Mm -hmm. go viral for ourselves it's so strange like there's a loss of like Basic humanity in it. It's just really, really horrible. But
2: what's the opposite, I guess? You have this. The the flip side would be we police, you know, filming other people, then you're like it it's like being in so a house all the time. You can't get your phone out in public and take a picture of anyone. Niche niche reference. Certainly. Just describe
0: it, I think. Just get to the point where we actually I think it should be as unacceptable to film a stranger and post it as to get your Will I, I completely agree but what and i mean so is weird. how do you enforce that without it being oh, it, like a legal thing and yeah. then that is a whole other it's a code of conduct that or an ethics yeah. that we have to and i feel like we did have that agreed yes what at change? some point i mean i think it's one things like tiktok do encourage yeah. that transparency they want everything they want users to make longer form content and so users are going fuck what do we need to do the the goalposts are moving and they need to do more and more to go viral. And it's quite a shortcut. If I see someone doing something funny in public, yeah, I can describe it on Twitter or, yeah. from, you know, in sex, or I can show a video that people can watch in two seconds and share and share and share. It's easier. It's it just, is easy. Yeah. It's
1: a shortcut. You're right. There was an
0: amazing piece in The Guardian about this by Alessandra Sade. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, About gossip surveillance as well. So I don't know if you've seen a few videos go viral where someone's overheard gossip yes. and said, yes. we've got to find the person that's being gossiped about. The person that's being gossiped about then finds out and goes, well, I didn't want to know this. I know. I've got all this undue attention. It's like making someone else go viral in addition Did to you.
1: Non-consensually, Absolutely. right? Absolutely.
0: And, and also to hear that your friends have been
1: talking I know. shit it's
0: so painful did you see the one about the bridesmaids where they were bitching about
2: the bride at her no. wedding, and it was on twitter and this girl was like oh my god I was in a coffee shop in this place and there was these three bridesmaids one had a short hat like this and they were saying that the bride was like this on her wedding day blah 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 gave so many details and she was like I hope the bride sees this and lots of people were like oh my god this is awful and I was thinking you've got to find her You do you fuck there is something to be said, like, get, if you go back into the history of humankind, gossip is like a massive bonding thing and it's something you do. And sometimes you talk about people and you don't really mean it, but you're just sort of like venting and you would be horrified if your friend heard it. I don't always think that means you shouldn't say it. I think there's a time and a place when sometimes you just want to get a bit of steam off. Agreed. You don't, and it, does, it doesn't have to be cruel. But actively trying to get it back to this person. Mm. There's, some, there's There's and something else at play here, which is like real... Puritanical surveillance, where like the younger, it's like you shouldn't be bitching and you shouldn't be like the codes of conduct have kind of moved. It does only yeah. That we should be able to salad? hear
0: bitching happen and go. That is that that is how humans interact. Yeah. I perhaps it's quite unkind, but it's not my business. We all do that to some yeah. degree and not feel like. Well, I've got, well, and it's I not
2: here. evil. I think we've got this weird thing where it's like you can't do something. We really which needs need to be perfect all the time, and it's like no humans are fallible. You know, you can say something bad about your friend, or you could do this. It's like that is not something that you need to go on Twitter
0: talk about, and then I do think lack of proper justice in like we, we live in a very unjust world. I think when we take justice into our own hands, yes. it does satisfy maybe that mm. inner okay justice exists because we can do it ourselves. Because actually, yeah, shit good happens like. Is we're in such like a drought of actual justice. Maybe it does feel like you're doing the
1: right thing when you, I don't know. Can I just say, no one has to be an internet sleuth and that is the hill I'll die on. Mm. Why do we all think that we're detectives online? We do not need to be. No one has asked us. No one has given us credentials. None of us have a PhD in this. Let's log off. Let's log off. I did see something quite sweet actually a long time ago. It was like someone had seen a dad
0: in an art gallery showing his baby the pictures so holding his baby up. And (sighs) instead of what- would have happened is taking a photo of it and putting a stranger's face and their baby online. They'd drawn a little picture of it. And I was like, that's just as effective. And it's also cute. And it's also its own thing. No one's privacy was violated by that. And we got to hear about a really positive thing. And I think actually, let's just be creative. Like describe it, Mm. draw a little picture, but don't put some dad on blast same with girls on a night out let them be think about them talk about them draw a little picture of them but leave them alone leave their faces and bodies for themselves let them have their own image leave them off your socials
1: yeah
0: okay girls so for next week i have something that i'm desperate to talk about i got a screener for a film that you will have heard of called may december yes yeah it's a todd haynes film with natalie portman Charles Melton. Charles Melton. Riverdale of ri- fame. Riverdale fame. Julianne Moore. Yep. It is excellent, heartbreaking. It is out on Netflix today. Mm. You can go to cinema and watch it, but I mean, watch from the comfort of your own home. It's so moving. It's really quite controversial. Could you give me a plotted synopsis? Because I've okay, no,
2: seen pictures, but I don't know anything about it.
0: Yeah, so... The film is about a relationship, a May-December relationship, which I think is quite a sanitized way of saying it's a relationship between a very young person and a much older person that strays um, into illegality and controversy and like real taboo. Mm -hmm. It is about a family made up of a very young man and a much older wife. It is, it's beautiful. It's strange The performances are really, really excellent. And I do think there's so much to talk about.
1: Wow.
0: Okay, so if we watch that over the weekend or whatever, you guys watch that. Yes. And we'll discuss
2: it
1: If everyone watches it, then
0: we'll all be on the same page. Amazing.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you
0: for that recommendation, Beth.
1: If there's anything else you want to tell us, send us a message and follow us on Instagram at everythingiscontentpod. Make sure you're subscribed and tell your friends. Tell your
2: friends. And your
1: mum. And your dad. No, 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 not your dad. Never your dad. (laughs) No, don't tell your dad. Or my dad. (laughs)